listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hello, listener. If you enjoy this website and the things that we do on it, especially the podcast, and you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc, or just tell your friends about this podcast. Either one is appreciated, because this is the 9to5 Entertainment System, which is a very special edition, because we talk about... The Green Party. Uh-huh. We talk about Trump. We talk about the movie Joker. We talk about the movie Us. We talk about the Watchmen TV show. And we wrap it up lively version, mm-hmm. volume of volume. the best movie ever. Scott is going to watch a movie that, like, I think to some people on the planet, actually is the best movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some people, I'm sure, who have the opinion. Well, this one. The, they're definitely, well, maybe not one. Like, you know, like... The, Under a thousand. The filmmaker himself, I think, it might not be his best. He made more films out of that, right? So, Possibly. But there are people who love this movie. And Scott will be one of those people. <laughs> this is the 90s. See, that choice would have been wasted on me. I don't know anything about those guys, and I don't care about football, so it, it's like... Yeah, but, I mean, so you, mean, you sound like the director. <laughs> <laughs> you would have just been watching a boring movie. But That's it, about but, people but, I don't know anything but about. Exactly, but yeah. Scott was watching a boring movie, <laughs> also about a thing that he like not necessarily cares deeply about, but like knows enough and cares enough about... The integrity of a sport. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's not, you know, specifically football. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in the... In because, okay. because it hurts you on not just the watching a boring movie, but like watching a boring movie... That you found to be insulting. That's the... M- that was the point. I yeah, mean... That, that's the money. Yeah. Money choice. Um, how's everybody doing? Your fearless leader stepped down today. Elizabeth yeah. May. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean... Like, she told her daughter she wouldn't run anymore. Yeah. I mean, people had been talking about it for quite a while, and there had already been jockeying behind the scenes for mm-hmm. other people to prepare themselves to take over. So, yep. I don't... Uh, you know, it's not really a surprise. I mean, she's been the leader of the party for, like, ever, though, right? Like, yeah, and, and, like, I think this election, particularly, I think people expected a lot more from the Green Party. And um, there was, like, in the debates, people weren't very happy with her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, personally, she's probably wa- would have been a better candidate to lead the country. Like, she's insanely smart. And she's, like, she would have, she's not, yeah. a, like, like, a great leader leader. But yeah. she's, like, an intelligent person with all the right characteristics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But at the same time, like, in a year where green activism is drawing hundreds of thousands of people out in every Canadian yeah. city yeah. for her not to be able to, like, well, they dub- surf they- that wave. Well, they did. They doubled their seats, no? Uh, you tripled? We have three. So and before it was her, and then there was a guy who won in a by-election. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so yeah. So it doubled the number of seats. Also, there was I mean, like... I'm not discounting their successes, but it yeah. wasn't like the year the NDP suddenly got 46 seats. Like, right. Nope. There yeah. was a way... Potentially. To make an impact and not just a slight improvement. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree, but I also know from having been like involved, it's immensely frustrating. You know, like you work really, really, really hard, and you're with people who... And you talk to people who are like... Well, I'm voting liberal because I always did, you know? That was, so, like, well... I talked about this a little bit in the email thread. We didn't talk about it on the podcast too, too much. Yeah. But the idea of the Green Party just, like, saying, like, we're not... We are a federal party, but we're not going to run everywhere. Like, if they do a Bloc Québécois style out west, they could mm-hmm. get more seats, right? If they, like... Because, like, 
you know what I mean? If you appeal to your voting core of a single province, the block has like at its bare minimum still rocked like ten, twelve seats. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like, and that's been like the tiniest showing that the bloc has ever sent to parliament. Sometimes was, they've been the official opposition. I think it was eight when the yeah, when the NDP NDP but but yeah. still significantly more than the Green Party's ever had by just like concentrating. So if you like look at their voter base of say like if they made like Green West and then like Green Ocean or something, and yeah, it's like, like concentrated in BC and the and primary the issue though that drives them is not Quebec nationalism and that nobody else will take that issue to the federal level. Sure. But I mean, but at the same time, but if they have except for Alberta, uh, uh. wags it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I get it, but I'm just saying. But you think that you could potentially like there was a conversation that I was having with uh, French, obviously not obviously, but French Quebecois natives about that, and they were like, yeah, there's the notion of, of when you're voting for the bloc, or if you do vote for the bloc, or whatever. Like separatism aside which is obviously the, the major issue as to why, as Anglos, we can't really vote for them. Mm-hmm. But, like, all that aside, you're, like, at the very least, you know that the guy who is going to sit there for the block is at least, like, watching out for your interests, like, on a like somewhat on a provincial level. You know, like, he's mm-hmm. not just looking out for, if you elect Stephen Harper, like, Alberta's interests. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're going to make something that affects Quebec, he's going to be like, oh, hang on. You know what I mean? Whereas... Yeah, that's yeah it's of like course. if everyone was independent, right. you'd get the same thing. Yeah, but... But exactly, but you don't. But as, whereas if you elect uh, the liberals, you, they're just going to toe the party line. Well, there's, there's something very important here, which is that the liberal party whips their, their MPs. Yeah. The Green Party has a platform. It's part of the policy that they will never whip. I mean, that's really easy when you're just sort of like the three of us. Well, are that is true, the green party. but it's also it's also an important democratic yeah. thing. You know, like it's another reason you should be voting green because they, they take that seriously and they want yeah. you to represent your, your people. Like but, but sort of as a national party, that's hard to sell like what do you stand for well whatever the individual wants as long as they're in line with the green policy right like they wouldn't become an mp for the party if they weren't yeah but yeah i don't know and i mean it's one of those things where obviously i think that like the environment is such a big issue that like if you were in a perfect world we would give the greens a chance but i'm like there would be i feel like disastrous economic results with the greens in charge not necessarily that's absolutely not true Absolutely. And the true. reason that it is not true is because the Greens submitted a budget to the Auditor General before the election saying that their budget was perfectly balanced. It's, it's fine that they have a budget yeah. perfectly balanced, but they just don't have like the lobbyists and sitting down with the corporations and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not connected enough. Yeah, you might notice that that's, pro- that's the problem. I, I'm, so it's I'm actually not, a good I'm, thing that they're not... Sure. I'm yeah. just saying, I almost guarantee you that the economy would just get... At least out, they might stabilize it, but there'd be that initial drop-off of like... Of a full, like... So, and this is the problem. People are, like... I'm not... I just... Okay, did I preface the statement with, it, is, it would absolutely be the right thing to have a green green government? I prefaced right. that statement. So, but then that with is the word the, but right after, you negate that preface. No, I don't, because it's worth... the That's risk, what the word but the is The risk for. is worth the reward. It's a... You know what? I don't, I don't think the economy would be instantly... I think that, I think that the... the, the Companies, the big companies in Canada that are so used to playing ball with just one of two people, and then when the Green Party say we're not playing ball with you, that like vacuum would take time to stabilize. Yeah, but though, that that, it's the that effect, thing. right, is the thing that makes us all poor. Right, I get right? it. So we want that to happen, and that's not destabilizing the economy. Like you say that as though it's a bad thing. It would destabilize the economy, and then probably level off to a much better place. It would. Oh, it man. just would. They would. Okay. T- but anyway, so that, look, when people say that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's why we don't. That's why you don't get. Green elections is because people make I'm, these assumptions. I'm, it's, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like having when I when I take a look at a company like the size of CN and how in tied tied CN is to manufacturing, 
if there's any hiccups on manufacturing whatsoever, CN is like, oh crap, and has to go into like all those modes, like contingency modes and layoffs and whatever, and then and then. So there's so much of our economy is based on export of our goods and so on and so forth, and those companies are so like entrenched in. Like again, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like you want to make an omelet, got to break a few eggs, but it would guaranteed happen. There would be a period of, I think, great deal of instability, and then it would level off, probably so, to a better place. So our our all of our lives, mm -hmm. we have never properly paid for the things that we have. Yeah. Right. And so the, the whether the diminishment in our standard of living comes now voluntarily by electing people yeah. who are going to diminish our standard of living to, to levels that are going to provide a, like a, like a long-term future. Yeah. Or it happens in the long, you know, 10 years or 20 years from now when things collapse miserably. Yeah. Like, I don't think, like, like I said, I don't know who you're trying to convince because I, I am definitely I just, convinced. What, all that I hear is the tone of your voice where you're like, I, you wouldn't do them because the economy is going to collapse. That's not what I said. I said right. they're the only choice that makes sense and the risk would justify the reward. But there is the risk of a $20 orange with the Green Party. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? That is a risk, and that will freak a lot of people out. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. Um, and then when I'm following it up, like, this is, the, this is what we're facing. We're going to have to diminish our standards of living. Yeah. I, and, and that's what yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that with an entire cabinet of fresh faces and stuff, there would be a great period of, like, adjustment that would happen, and it would be very unstable for yep. a little while. Yep. And I mean, we live in, in a northern country. The fact that we have oranges at all yeah. is weird. Like, but that's it. But and you can, the fact that we buy those oranges from Australia is extra weird. And for like 80 cents. Yeah. I can't, I can't ship anything to, from Australia for 80 cents. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, but there, but like, you have to understand that. It, like, is, it is not a generation, maybe two generations, where seasonal food was seasonal, not globally shipped around the world. Yeah. I, like, which is super messed up. And the, like, the carbon emissions of... The global the ships, export yeah. is all crazy. You would like, go to the supermarket and be like, oh, there's no apples because yeah. it's May and yeah. apples don't grow in May. They, well, they, they, they get for, ready in the fall. That. Like we're like less than a century into like being able to like wholesale, even like store wholesale slaughtered meat. Like forget the other issues of the meat, <laughs> like the meat industry and how much meat we eat and is, is complete insanity. We couldn't even store all of the dead cow that mm -hmm. we have on the planet right now because we didn't have like the freezing technology for it. Like, yeah, ex exactly. I don't, I don't think that would throw the world into chaos if all of a sudden you couldn't have an apple any single time you wanted one. Sure. I just the, oh, I we would adjust pretty quick. There's a great story about that. So apples have undergone a whole lot of genetic engineering. Mm -hmm. Most apples that you eat now are over a year and a half old. They've, Neat. they've been, like, engineered, so they're all, like, a little less sweet than they were before, and they've been engineered to be able to sit with, like, chemicals pumped kind of into the air around them so that they'll be preserved. I can tell you that down. when I went down to Florida and I had big, giant green apples, they were, like, barely tart like, yeah. in terms of, like, sourness. I was, like, they were so huge. And I was, like, as, I guess, a somewhat, like, I guess informed consumer or whatever, like, I saw the size of them and was, like, oh, no. But I'm like, I'm sure there's someone who's like, oh, look at this big great apple. But like just seeing them in the grocery store, I was like, that's not okay. Yeah. Like apples shouldn't be the size of grapefruit. Like that's not, <laughs> that is not a, an apple size. Yeah. So I'm like, someone I'm sure got real excited <laughs> like when they saw those. And then like, yeah, you eat this big giant green apple and it's supposed to be sour and was like not even tart. Mm. It just tasted like watery. But anyway, so yeah, the, just the correlation that I was yeah. saying is that 
the Green Party, it would, it would, I, I would love to see it happen, obviously. But there was a whole thing oh. that they were talking about. Um, all the jobs that Obama basically, when they when you put the um, legislation changing the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the automotive industry was like, goodbye. And then it's like left out the rest belts of the thing. Yeah. There's almost like a direct correlation that they were like, they voted Obama one thing, then those plans shut down, and then they voted Trump immediately in the next election. Like a lot of his swing areas. Mm-hmm. So that's it. And it's like, I guess, yeah, I don't know. People are dumb. Voters shouldn't be allowed to like, like you know what I mean? They're going to have like four years. Of okay, green. okay. Let's, let's move. You're not, you could, you could see that though, right? Like the Green Party could come, make all these wonderful changes for the planet and save the thing. And then people will be like, uh, the Rob Ford-esque is like, remember $20 for a can of soup or whatever, whatever the dumb shit. And he wants to bring back dollar beer. And then. Oh. No, it's, we saw that happen this election. Uh, yeah, yeah. Saskatchewan and Alberta went completely blue except for one seat. Yeah. Because Alberta stopped sending cashback checks to their population like they did 10 years ago. It's been like, you don't need to pay taxes and we don't need to invest in our infrastructure. Here's some money. Go buy a PlayStation. Yeah. Like, and yeah, now they didn't get that check back and their unemployment is higher and they're freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Because they didn't think that maybe electric cars were going to be popular with people who didn't want to burn the planet to a cinder. I mean, I think you're just people who, uh, favorite song in the world is truck. Yeah. Truck. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> those ones had trucks. They're going to buy gas, but it's the rest of the world who was going, mm, that's kind of shitty. Maybe we better find a way around it. Listen, man. And then put their fucking secondary industry into the like cattle market. Hmm. We don't need to protect. Well, that's like, what do you call it? The, uh, the company in, the, in Brazil. Where they were just sort of like, it's not our problem that the like the the planet needs the rainforest for its like oxygen cycle. We need this terrain for cattle farming. Thank you. I mean, Brazilian it, it comes it comes back to the rest of the world, right? Who's buying that beef? Oh yeah, yeah. America. Yeah. Like seventy five percent, I think, of all beef exports of really? Brazil or something. Yeah, it's monstrous. Like the numbers are completely insane. Yeah. So much beef. Why is beef so cheap to buy in America? It's so weird. So speaking of burning the world to a cinder, did you guys see Donald Trump threaten to withhold federal aid to California? Why? Because of the wildfires. Uh-huh. Like, no, no, no. But why is he threatening to withhold them? So the governor was saying, you know, like, our our, our state's on fire. Yeah. It should be nice. Yeah. And Trump said, this is your own fault. I told you guys to take care of the, the land. You need better raking procedures. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe next year, you know, you won't you won't get the same help from the government. This is an American president telling American citizens, like, it's so, it's I so don't crazy. I don't care that your state is on fire. One, fifty seven percent of the land at risk in California of of forest fires and brush fires is owned by the federal government, so it's there. <laughs> it's, it's his job to take care of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two, yeah, a lot of deserves. it. A lot of it is. Um, is brush and not forest floors. Mm-hmm. So raking and 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 Are you telling forest me that we can't stop a forest fire doesn't... the size of Boston with rakes? Because I don't. <laughs> well, that's 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 the thing they'll do in, in like big forests. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah. manage the the, the yeah. underbrush. Yeah. Um, but it's that's not the problem in California. It's mm-hmm. like knee high vegetation that's all dried out and yeah. on fire. Yeah. You can't rake it without turning it into a parking lot. Like it, it, yeah. it doesn't work. And he's just tweeting, just like, this is your fault and I'm not going to give you money for it. I mean, I think we're all seeing it, you know? You elect a, like a reality TV entertainer, mm-hmm. you get reality TV entertainment. Boy, did we get entertained. I mean, 
Yeah. I was going to say, I had a great segue there where I was like, it seems like some people just want to watch the world burn. I know. I thought we were going to Joker. You know, you know right? I thought it yeah, was happening. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I thought you were doing that. Did so, you watch Joker? I mean, Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker wanted yeah. to watch the world burn. Oh, yeah. And then right. I guess uh, uh, Jared Leto's Joker wanted to watch the world through an Instagram filter. With gross presence. With tattooed damage on his face. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I watched Joker. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix I went, is I went Joker. to the movie theater and mm-hmm. I bought sugar and popcorn mm-hmm. and, and I watched do. a movie. It's, it is what you do. I don't, it's been a while. I, I mean, don't it's know. how you go see movies in theaters. You Did sure? you go by yourself? No, I went with the wife. Oh, yeah. nice. We went to see Joker mm-hmm. and it was a movie. Mm-hmm. I have many thoughts on Joker. Here we go. Coming from the, the, the most learned comic aficionado on the show. By yeah, a I'm wide margin. I'm going to take that one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went in there with a lot of trepidation. Okay. So my short review is, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good movie. You got it, buddy. Uh, all right. All right. So moving on. And yep. we are on the list. <laughs> it goes as number one on the list. Uh-huh. Thank number you. one on the list, right up there. Easy. Easily, easily. Yeah, you were, even saying, you were saying you wanted you wanted to hate at least the direction because the director seems like a prick. Yeah, the director did seem like a prick. He's, <laughs> he, he made a comment um, about the movie that he he went he wanted to do a dramatic film because it's impossible to do a good comedy in woke culture times. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard that. I heard yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, like yeah, just... because he was the guy who directed the, the Hangover, right? Yeah. Wasn't that his? It was like yeah, maybe he did old school or something. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Or, old school and yeah, the Hangover. Yeah, yeah. But so, like, those yeah, are funny movies. They but were like, damn funny movies. There's stuff in them that deserve critical eye in our current times. And if you can't fucking deal with that, then like, go be an accountant. Don't, also, don't do stuff in the public eye. That's kind of comedy, you know? You're going to be on that edge. And, yeah. And, and, and I mean, and also, you're going to offend and people. And also, there's, there's, nothing, there's <laughs> nothing in either of those movies that have made them like so problematic to be like blacklisted. Like, I'm, you know, like, like, it's like, what do you call it? Uh... Like Ryan Reynolds making gay jokes in some of his comedy, like in Van Wilde or whatever. You're not mm-hmm. just sort of like, well, Ryan Reynolds now deserves to be like, have the full ire of the social justice warriors. Like, right. no, you're like, they're. It's funny, it's edgy, and if. And, you know, and you know, if I, I cross the line, I can look back on that and say, hmm, maybe. Okay, yeah. okay, so Joker. Yeah, Joker is. I'll, I'll say this for Todd Phillips, he directed a fine movie. Mm hmm. I really wanted to pick apart the direction. We said like the costumes and sets and stuff were like the, the set scouting and set dressing, the costuming, the, the music, the the framing and cinematography. How was Phoenix? Well, the, the, Todd Phillips did a good job. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking specifically to pick him apart for being a little shitbag when he was trolling on Twitter. I have to make drama because I can't make anything funny because <laughs> then he'll offend people. <laughs> he did fine, and he put together a movie that mostly made sense he didn't Zack snyder it where i was like what, what the fuck is this about that doesn't make any sense and hmm. you know which one i like sucker punch i mean i <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed 300 and i liked Watchmen. i mean <clears throat> uh justice league oh, yeah but that hey, yo, justice Man. league was one of the worst movies that's I've that's ever, a Zack snyder joint though like that's a <laughs> batman, collab. V, batman v superman collab batman v superman that's a full Zack snyder I haven't seen it. Shitburger. Yeah. And uh, I really no, Joker, wonder, Joker is not that. I really got to wonder about the Batman v Superman, right? Because I'm like, other than like Sucker Punch, which is like confused, right? His mm-hmm. movies are at least like sensical. Like even Watchmen. Like Watchmen, there's a lot going on. And he made sense of them. I really got to yeah, wonder. Yeah, but Watchmen, about... you, have, you have check marks. 
you just hit them. You take the book, and you're like, this has to happen, that has to happen. Yeah, and yeah. that's how it ends. And you're fine. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But like, you're telling me that there is not a writer in Hollywood who could tell a Batman v Superman story that has those check marks for 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 which a director could follow the roadmap. Like that, I just it seems that it. I, I feel like if you're making Watchmen, no like, matter no matter what writer you're dealing with, the actual trade paperback is on the desk. Yeah, and if you're dealing with Batman v Superman, you've got like three cartoons and, and 50 different comic books all okay, over the okay. place. And but but also, you also have a, a boardroom full of suits that say, I want a fucking mechanical spider in my movie yeah. and I want whatever. That's, that's what I'm saying. With Watchmen, you don't really have You don't have that, that as much as you do in Batman v Superman. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, as much as you can hate on Zack, it's like his name on the product, it is undoubtedly obvious how much... Like if there's a yeah. movie by committee and whatever. Yeah. Like 100%. All of those DC movies. And I mean, also Joker doesn't fully escape that as you'll get to later. Really? There's... there's the Crime Alley thing is fully movie by committee. There's no way that that should be in the original script. I don't... Yeah, man, you know, I don't know. I bet they thought it would be pretty clever, but he they He kills just... the Waynes? That's the... This is like a little twist? All right, so... We're spoiling first... things. Did I spoil something? I mean, the movie's been out almost a month. So. I didn't see it, so... Yeah. Neither did so, first of all, very spoiled on it. First so. of all, this movie is not an homage. It is a sloppy, standing-in-the-corner... Uh, masturbatory fantasy of making King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. Like, huh. holy shit. Like, Control-C, Travis Bickle, Control-V, The Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Control-C, Select All, I don't know, whatever. Whatever the commands yeah, are. Yeah, just, just take a lot of, like, your favorite scenes from Taxi Driver and CG paint on clown makeup, and you get a lot of, of what he's going for here. Up to and including psyching himself up in a mirror? Yep. Yeah. And, and like, crazy dancing in the bathroom. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Scorsese attached to this thing yep. at one point? He's, well, he is. He's still he's produced. He's, he, he was on as a producer of some kind, or like maybe an executive producer. Yeah. And then also, and, and like people, they also have like some stunt casting of Robert De Niro to be like, it's okay, look, right, De Niro's right. De Niro's in it. In it. Yeah. Eh? You know? And apparently De Niro is flat as hell. Like, De Niro's... Yeah. Head. Like, he's he's okay. He doesn't bring anything special. Yeah, to exactly. The movie. That's it. You're like it's it's he's there so that Robert De Niro is in the cast so that because he ripped off Taxi Driver and whatever so much King it looks like there's out. kind of an endorsement. But he's like he's just fine. Like there's no like tour de force coming out does, of Robert. Does De Niro. it like stand on its own with those movies? You know, if it's trying to do them. If you haven't seen them, you probably won't get how derivative it is. Uh-huh. And that's, I think, a lot of people haven't. I think a lot sure. of people are going to be in their 20s and go see the Joker and think it's the coolest thing. Like, yeah. we were saying, like, how many... Like, you haven't seen King of Comedy no, yet. No, but I did see Taxi Driver. Did see Taxi Driver, but yeah. then I'm like, but we're also coming up on 40. And I was like, I remember Taxi Driver being, like, a big deal when I was in Sejep. Like, people yeah. had, like, the posters and stuff. But I'm like, is that still true? You know, like... I, mean, I feel like Taxi Driver is still... People still... And, and yeah, like, cinephiles, I'm sure, 100% have seen it. But, like, I don't think that your casual moviegoer is necessarily as familiar. Like Maybe not casual, but there are very few, like, auteur directors still operational. You know, mm-hmm. Scorsese is, is one of them. You mm-hmm. know, it's him and Tarantino. Yeah. Who else? I mean, I guess... Uh, what's his name? Why did I just draw a blank? Nolan, kinda. Sure. Just for Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, Nolan gets that little bit of cred. What's his, what's his name who did the Royal Tannenbaums? Oh, Wes, uh, Anderson. Wes Anderson. He's he's still Ridley Scott, right? But I mean, he's but kinda, then he's but all he, over the he's, place. he's all over the place, yeah. and he has a bunch of misses. I feel like Ridley, Ridley Scott doesn't sell movies on his name quite like the other guys do. Not at all. Yeah. Like I guess Spielberg obviously is sitting Spielberg, right, right, sitting right, around there. Anyway, and Lucas. 
So would you? He hasn't directed in a long say, time. Say more. Is it? Is it like? How does it do? So it's very slow, and mm-hmm. it starts off with Joaquin Phoenix really selling the misery of his life. And his, his, his vague, undescribed illness. Yes. <laughs> the, the illness isn't such a bad thing. They, they play that up in a lot of critics' yeah. reviews. It's not even that weird. Like, mm. he kind of gets a couple of laughs when he gets really stressed. Mm. And it doesn't even seem that crazy. Like, mm. I, I, I get it, and it, it's not weird. He just kind of, like, is almost choking laughing yeah, yeah. like he, he's trying to swallow it back the acting is really good on on, on that aspect yeah. it doesn't seem like like maniacal laughing yeah well i, I from what i heard it's kind of like Tourette's. it's very Tourette's. Mm. it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. it doesn't look like he's making fun of anyone or yeah, he's yeah. really enjoying himself when he's laughing he's almost barking and like trying to swallow it at the same time and it mm-hmm. looks uncomfortable and painful and it Mostly just makes other people around him uncomfortable. Yeah. Not like, what's your problem? What What do you think is so funny? Like, you can tell he's not giggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Well, yeah. the, the his performance is apparently like, if it was a lesser performance, people would probably be like, it's uh, like, from what I've heard is that it's a fine movie, and then Joaquin's performance elevates it to be like, it's pretty good. Like, true, false? Critically, Yes. I'm not convinced of how appealing his fine performance is. Does that make sense? Say more. Appealing. Appealing. There's points in it where just like, oh, this is going to be the clip they're going to send to the Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's really working yeah. hard but, at chewing up the scenery and chewing up the camera time. Yeah. And like That was what I always thought was, I think, really impressive about Ledger's Joker was there was like that he did get the Academy nod, but then, but there was none of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like there, a... there was never like this is the scene. Like it was just like he was just like a plus start think, to finish. Think of every Daniel Day Lewis scene you've ever seen. <laughs> it up exactly, yeah. and you're and people are like, my God, he commanded commanding performance. Cool. And I'm kind of like, well, sure, but like there's I mean, also a theatricality happening there. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it was like how you won an RP nom back in uh, Vampire with getting real loud and real loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a lot of that, and I okay. don't know how much that hits with me. Right. I can see why critics are like, you okay. know, this is this is an exclamation point on the career of Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, well, he's in 95 percent of the scenes of this movie. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's dramatic, and the music is dramatic, and the mm-hmm. camera zooms in on him when he he's going nuts. And and mm-hmm. Joker uh, has an unrequited love that's becoming the hero to incels. Yeah, that's also a little weird. <laughs> so he he has this kind of crush uh-huh. that gives him and the viewer a glimmer of hope of normalcy in his life uh-huh. as you know he's hitting his lowest points uh-huh. of self-esteem and, and self-worth and someone is like paying attention to him and being nice and normal and giving him a chance to be normal. Mm-hmm. And that all goes to shit. And you're just like, oh, I get it. Like, Everyone hates him. It's not, it's not his fault. Everyone, everyone is being mean to him. Which is so weird because I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's obviously everybody's open to interpretation, but like, of all of the millions of j- motivations that like the Joker had, like being sad that a girl doesn't like him, never felt like 
it was a thing. Well, that's yeah. not true in the first Tim Burton Batman. Movie. Yeah, but that, yeah, you know, that's the Jack a... Nicholson. <laughs> so it's sorry. it's there and it's fine and it's probably made for wider appeal than than that. But it, again, in a movie that's trying to be so auteur, yeah, why go so basic? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. like it, it's it's such a very paint by numbers. Mm. Side is plot. that the tagline? Why so basic? Mm. I mean, it's not like it, again. I enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed the craft that a lot of people put into it. It was just like these weird little choices that they made. Monstrously profitable too, right? Though, like, yeah, was it? Yeah, it, it, it was made on like a seventy million dollar budget, and it's like it's coming, about to hit a billion, and it's about to hit a yeah, billion nine seventy or yeah. something. This so weekend. It's, it's like getting to like Avengers cash Ooh. on a like low budget. Uh, yeah, like largely low budget yeah. release, and it escalates believably. Hmm. Like his, he doesn't, he doesn't um, so break he... into the mob and steal ten million dollars from them. He just kind of gets really pissed off and when does he kills get, a couple people? Um, when does he get the car with a nuclear device on it that he drives around in a circle so that you can't attack? Right, the city? none of that happens. Yeah. It's Bane. Classic, nice classic yeah. Bane. <laughs> and none of that happens, and it kind of like moves its way and mm. there's like one particular villain I guess real antagonist mm-hmm. he gets his due and then the rest of his is just like man his life is a real shit show I guess I guess he's gonna guess he's gonna go crazy he's gonna go a little crazy and then he the does. last the last act is good it's it's like you've suffered through you know an hour and ten minutes of him getting his teeth kicked in and it's kind of nice to see him cut loose. Yep. You don't sympathize with him. Yeah. But you're like, I, I get it. And go. So hmm. there is the, I guess we're kind of like touching on spoilers. So the movie plays the maybe it's all in his head card. Uh, about all of the violence? About all of the everything. Cool. <laughs> in, well, no, it, it does it in does one it in- particular scene. So at his lowest point, he, spoilers, the spoiler, 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 spoiler. You guys okay with spoilers? Yeah, 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 yeah. He finds out that his one, his mother has lied to him his whole life. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't have a condition that she let an old boyfriend abuse him when he was very young. That's given Jeez. him brain damage, and uh, lets him embarrass himself into thinking that Thomas Wayne is his father, when in fact she is she is just a delusional person. Mm-hmm. So she <clears throat> he murders her. Hmm. in in the hospital and he just has a complete total breakdown and he goes over to his girlfriend's apartment who lives in the same apartment building as him and walks in her apartment and sits down on her couch and just starts to cry as as, as, like a real mental break scene Mm -hmm. and she walks out and is like who are you you're that guy who lives down the hall please my kid is asleep like get out of my house Uh and it kind of does a a very typical movie, like, like flashback, flashbacks and the of nonsense. him on the date, and it's fact. It's there's it cuts there. again, and there's yeah. no one there, and him having a conversation with himself when it was a scene you saw earlier with her. Right. You know, like you know those scenes. Yeah, <clears throat> seen him. And then he kind of stumbles away from it, and you're just like, is he just in a fugue state now? Like, is this him moving forward? Like, what? How do we tell the difference between what's in his head and and what's you know? actually happening hmm. there's no like visual cues or markers there's no like red dress or you know 
sixth sense stuff. You right, can tell you, when people if, are dead yeah. or not. Right. Like, it's like you've watched the first 45 <clears> minutes of the movie, and it's, everything has been presented as, as fact. And then the movie's like, yo, so his, his entire relationship that you've been watching, not made fact. up. And then right. you're like, now keep watching. But then you're like, but how do I... How do I know if the rest of it does he start riots in the city or does he not? Or right, does he go right, home right. to his bed and, and just kind of cry? Just cry. Like, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. And well, that that's never resolved. And you're just like, oh, I guess, I guess we have. It's called Joker, so I guess he turns into the Joker. Yeah. Like, well, that's right. what I was telling Scott. Like the the, the feet. Like I I spoiled the shit of this movie for myself. Mm-hmm. Like the the thing that I read about that that was really funny is that you're like it kind of like that scene is handled so kind of like clunkily. That it like neuters the ending of the film because you don't know if it's happening or not, but hmm. it's messed up because you know he's the Joker and you know like eventually he will throw Gotham into nonsense. You're like, why, yeah. why not? Like, but now you don't know if it's in his head, so you don't know if this and is, especially it, it you know, happens. You don't know if this is the ascension of the Joker <clears throat> or if he's just like lying in his bed and then he will go <clears throat> on to do something. You know, and he's like, yeah. it's and he doesn't even take the name Joker until after that scene. So is it someone else pretending he's the Joker in his breakdown? And that's the turning point in the movie where everything really ramps up from hmm. his life is shit to he's uh, a social madman. But, yeah, but, but are you watching? Right? Are you watching him destroy the city through his like social influence, or are you just watching him be sad in his apartment, right? And, and freak out and smash you things? You don't know. Does does do does is there an episode in the comics where they explain his backstory? No, I mean his backstory. Just, his backstory is a little bit. Takes. Uh, the the best thing of his backstory was Heath Ledger just lying about it all the time. You know? Right. You don't know. The comics kind of do that too. There's been like several allusions to. Uh, yeah, and they were always that. just like undercut. It's yeah. not like what they did with Wolverine, where they're like, "This is the official history of yeah. this character." Yeah. The Joker has never had that. Well, the well, who's the Joker creator? Um, I can't remember. It's not like Kane or whatever. Like it's a. Well, it's technically Bob Kane, but it's Bill Finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bill Finger. Yeah, that's Bill like, Finger's the one who created. Yeah, but even has the quote about it. He was like, "Man, he's like, I love the. Fa-. He's like, he's like, that was kind of one of his rules that it was never going to be." like written out he's like i had my idea and whatever but he's like as soon as someone was like well, what if it was like this he was like okay also that like even in his mind he's like yeah. it's, the, it's the best and he's like it's one of the greatest hmm. things in comics that joker doesn't have a backstory totally that's like or yeah. not a dc official backstory not, nothing is canon and everything is canon yeah is... exactly that's it so hmm. does this does great. this hold that no consistent no, no they're like this is, this is the person right. who is the joker right. but because the direction is a little bit clunky with that one scene, it leaves everything else. Hmm. Fan, theories, fan theories are fine. Right. <laughs> fan theory is intact. Um, so he, 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 he's this sad sack character who has, has this terrible job and has, lives a terrible life. And he wants to be a stand-up comedian. And he does an open mic night and bombs. Mm-hmm. Just bombs terribly. And someone videotapes it. You <laughs> and know, someone readily available videotapes. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the, plot, the plot device... It's funny. Johnny, yeah. The Johnny Carson, Robert De Niro character gets yeah. a clip of it and airs it on, on the air. Like Tosh.0. Yeah. Kind of. Just like, hey, hey <laughs> look, at, look at this guy. He's terrible. And everyone laughs. And then the response is really great, so they invite him onto the show. Yeah. Immediately after his life goes to shit. Like he's like pants on the ground guy. Pants yeah. Pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. Yeah. Acting like a fool with your pants on the ground. And then he like, got to be on TV. <laughs> so he, he shows up. And it's just like, everything is awful. People are awful. You're awful. And De Niro's like, what do you mean I'm awful? I'm, I'm America's sweetheart. I'm, I'm the, the king of comedy. And he's mm-hmm. like, you brought me here to make Does fun of me. Does he call himself the king of comedy? No. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa. It's like, <laughs> get out of here, director. It's like, you, you brought me here to make fun of me. And you're an awful person. And I, I know. 
And then, spoiler, 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 he shoots him right in the face. Nice. Just boom. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and uh, it's great. And the city, which had kind of been simmering in a garbage strike New York mm-hmm. in the 70s, uh, blackout kind of thing, just goes bananas. And uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed in Crime Alley in the middle of the riot by some random person hmm. who is disenfranchised. Yeah. And he grabs her pearls. And they fall slowly to the ground, and Bruce watches. Oh God, it's that scene is just straight <laughs> trash. Yeah, this is no point. <clears throat> At any point, they could have cut that scene early and just left it as like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing. Like but they could they, have walked they, in. Like, like literally, even them coming out of the theater. If if they had just like been <clears throat> panning around the chaos, and then Sir Thomas and Martha Wayne like coming out of the theater, that would have been. And enough. You, you would have been yeah. like, oh. But no, they're like, let's spell this out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's really hold you by the hand and be like, and then Batman's parents died because of the Joker riots. Yeah. Uh-huh. At it? least it wasn't it wasn't the Joker who killed them. It was just some disenfranchised inspired. You're skipping over my favorite part, which is that he put his finger in Bruce Wayne's mouth. What? <laughs> he make he, he like sneaks into Thomas <laughs> Wayne's house and then he makes the baby smile and he's like, Why is Joker touching a baby's mouth? Not a baby. The kid was like ten. Whatever. Ugh. Okay. <clears throat> Why are you putting your Also, Thomas in? Wayne is kind of a dickhead throughout the whole movie. It's very interesting. I can see that. I've always like kind he's, of wondered. He's 20s capitalist, you know? I've he's always kind of Trumpy in the, in yeah. the movie. I've always kind of like wondered, and it's and it's seemed to be that often the comics have like aired, or like not aired, but like leaned on the side of like, Thomas was also a good person, and that's why Bruce was okay. But I'm like, I kind of like that every now and then they veer into that er- territory where you're like, yeah, no, Bruce is the good one. Thomas was benefiting from all of this. Yeah, like, the city went to shit, and he lived in Wayne Manor. Yeah, exactly. So you're yeah. like, how did the city get so crime-ridden when, like, the largest, like, the biggest philanthropist of the city was supposedly a really good guy? You know, like, where was all those outreach programs? No, it was right. the other philanthropists. It was the yeah. other billionaires that lived in our city, not Thomas. He was a good guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I've always liked that Thomas Wayne is a bit of an asshole. So, yeah, it was not a as negative as I had expected and maybe even a little bit wanted it to be mm-hmm. i, I kind of wanted to tear this movie apart and there's things that i don't like about it but for the whole well made and well acted and mm. and the plot went from a to b and wrapped up nicely there was not a whole lot of i have no idea what's going on or why did they do this or this is obviously you know seven people trying to edit the movie together like it told the story. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like good stuff. There's other movies yeah. I think that we've seen that are like that where you're just sort of like, this is a really, really good movie if you ignore the fact that it's a copy of another movie. Like, because that's really everything I've heard about Joker is you're like, it's very good. And if Taxi Driver and King of Comedy didn't exist, you'd be like, this is super cool. But you're like, there's such a strong template to base yourself off of that you're like, as long as you don't veer from the course too much, you're going to make a good movie. Like, hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. How- uh, and and again, like I went in extra. Like, like when you when you when you go see a movie and it's like Tarantino esque, and you're like, yeah, if you copy Tarantino enough, you don't end up with a bad movie at the end. Mm-hmm. You end up with a movie that was like Tarantino esque. Bad times at the El Royale. Bad times at the El Royale is a, a very good example of yeah. of that, where you're like, someone took a Tarantino thing, didn't maybe like got the weird ensemble cast, yeah, had a bunch of dialogue sprayed out, had a random explosion of violence right at the end. And then it was like, yeah, it was an okay movie. Was it was it as good as like a Tarantino movie? No, but it didn't it didn't make a bad movie. So I don't really have a sense where you want this thing. Better than Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Sounds like it. Um, 
I have a higher opinion of it, despite my critiques of certain parts of it. Okay. So where is Wonder Woman right now? Mm. That's a good. That's a good place to start because I think we way higher. It's true that you that should one. put a, you should put the one the the white incel over Wonder Woman. That's where that. <laughs> that's where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I haven't seen Wonder Woman. You guys, what, however, you bump that Thor Ragnarok below. I'm assuming Logan above or below Logan. Hang on, I'm, I'm trying to. Hmm, it's probably better than Logan. Oh, okay. That puts it better than Spider-Man: Far From Home. I like that. Makes me happy. Uh, it's probably better than Guardians Two. Guardians Two. John Wick Two. Could be. I mean, yeah, I don't know. and and it's not as good as Big Trouble in Little China. Aces. That's exactly where it's going. That's very That's high. very high. It it is well crafted. It tells a good story. It I takes think... a character and other over Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, and I really liked Homecoming, but yeah. I mean, I guess Joker has more to say, even if I don't always agree with what it's saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it is a tour de force. Quotation marks. I, I do want to see it. It's like literally the only movie I think in theaters right now that I would like want to. Mm-hmm. I want oh god, to. I want to see the lighthouse so bad, but no one wants to go see. That I want to go see the lighthouse. I was actually in freaking Atwater I was in Music a Lighthouse. <laughs> I was in Atwater Mall and uh, not Atwater Mall across the street. The um, AMC. The AMC and uh, Debbie didn't want to see the lighthouse. Did you watch the trailers for it? It looks amazing. <laughs> so good, John. We can go see that. I, I will go with you. There's no problem for that. Um, I, I, we also because Marissa was watched the trailer twice and was like, "Are you? Do you really want to see that?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked to watch that movie." Explain the line. Go fucking do it yourself. So, did you see the movie The Witch? Yeah, the director of that did a movie about a lighthouse. Yes, <laughs> but with with Willem Dafoe uh-huh. and Robert Pattinson as the lighthouse, and apparent <laughs> apparently it goes way Lovecraftian. This is like what I've heard. Like, did you guys did you guys both see The Witch? Yeah, yeah, which wonderful. is like amazing. I watched, I watched the trailer and was like, "Man, that looks too scary for oh me." Oh my god, dude! It's I watched actually, it. It's, it's not, not actually it's that scary. It's like yeah. it's very slow, 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 slow. Yeah. It's if anything, it's like more psychological horror. You don't. I mean, it's maybe. really it's more about the horror of the pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I saw the trailer for the lighthouse, I went to look at the trailer for the witch, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. I get it. I see what he, what's going on here, and I'm into it." I was gonna but say also, that. the lighthouse is done like almost Orson Welles. Yeah. At the time, like really contrasty black and white. Mm. What was? Yeah. I think tour, like, tour de force performances for the Academy. It was kind of like <laughs> uh, left, right, and center. We were talking about like auteur directors, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's kind of like a renaissance of like auteur horror directors, I guess." A little. So if there's like Witch and Lighthouse, yep. And then there's uh, Hereditary, Hereditary and... Midsummer, yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele as uh, Get Out and Us. Nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just saying, like I, I like the fact that there's like int- like horror. I think is and it's like another renaissance of kind like, of. of like here's some like really good in- like interesting horror movies with like Red things. State and Tusk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> what's important about every movie that we have just mentioned here? They are not sequels. You notice that there's like there's like franchise horror movies that are they're still kind of percolating around, but yeah. all of these guys are doing stuff that's getting attention outside of the horror genre. Well, Midsummer apparently is pseudo related to Hereditary, and then the fact that huh. it's uh, it's Piamini, Piamini. Oh, I know what you're saying. Um, 
it is the yeah. same malevolent force is like alluded to. Yeah. It's, but like, oh, it's not alluded to. It's him from the beginning. Yeah. Like like the opening scene of the movie is him conquering the boy. Yeah, but yeah. but was was it in Hereditary? Or, yeah, yeah. You know, no, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But like, or were they crazy? Who knows? Hereditary. It's unclear, right? Like how, he's answering oh, the I question with Midsummer. Yeah. Just just in case you had any questions. It's Here force. I am wearing a bearskin. <laughs> yeah, Paimon. 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 Yeah. yeah, I got it on Blu-ray, man. Mm-hmm. What a great movie. Mm. Fucking Jeremy Irons. Uh, oh man, I have more. Jer- I have Jeremy Irons news too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You gonna do Jordan Peele first? Yeah, I'll do Jordan Peele first. I saw yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so man, th- I I read that Wikipedia entry, plot synopsis, and was like, oh, at the end of it, I don't. I don't follow. Hang on. <laughs> it does like so. I, in that vein, I want to. I was trying to remember. Did the guy who did it follow his follow up with anything really good? Cause he oh, was, I think he did. Did he? Did he stumble? I don't remember. Uh, I'm saying because I was like, he would, been, he would have been the other an, another person who I was like who made something modern horror. Be interested. Yeah. In. Uh, so yeah. So uh, the opening scene of us. It's a little girl uh, and her family. They're at like a. Kind of like a Coney Island thing, but it's a Santa Cruz, so it's mm-hmm. a, a west, west coast. And then she, like, she wanders away from her parents, and she goes down this weird little stairwell into a like haunted mirror, m- mirror room, whatever. And then she sees a like mirror reflection of herself, and then the reflection like smiles when she doesn't smile, and then it's like, Phew! and then uh, she goes like uh, catatonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, and then uh, like. A, Cuts to present day. Like that was like the eighties or whatever, and then she's going with her uh husband and two children to mm-hmm. their a like I guess summer home in Santa Cruz and she doesn't want to go to the beach and whatever else, and then she does go to the beach and there's like the creepy thing and it's a little weird. And then like very early on in the film is like I think one of the best like best moments of the movie and like a sentence which is like not inherently scary, but like said in such a way, and then and framed in such a way that it was like like chill inducing. Here we go. Which is a little kid who was just sort of like, "There's a family in the driveway," and I was like, "That's amazing." And because you're, you're just sort of like, you're like, "Oh no!" And because you know the premise, right? It's like doppelgangers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then like just you're like, they're like, "What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense." And he's like, "There's a family. They're standing there in the driveway." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Just imagine like being like say up at the Leck Manor." And then just someone's like, there's a family in the driveway. And you're like, what? And then you look out the window and you just see like a family sitting at the top of the road, standing at the top of the road, all holding hands. You'd be like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's not a normal way to approach. Just like standing in the driveway. So it's like an invasion of the body snatchers. C- sort of. Body ish. double yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. situation. So they're like, they're all sitting there. They're wearing like red jumpsuits or whatever. And then the, uh, the, the body double of the wife goes, goes, goes like. And then like the two kids are just like. And just like scatter into the darkness, and then her and the like husband just like start beelining uh-huh. at the door, and you're like, "Oh God, what's happening?" Yep. Uh, so yeah, th- all of that is amazing. Okay. Like the initial part, and then uh, the what is the name of the actress? Mm, it's difficult to pronounce. I'm gonna massacre it. The actress, the the lead, who mm-hmm. is the obviously the I guess protagonist and antagonist of the film simultaneously is she plays her double yeah, yeah they all, everybody, everybody plays her double yeah also the kids holy crap the daughter yeah. is this her doppelganger double is terrifying like cool. she, does, she does like creepy like smile like nobody's business it's super weird so the the star of the movie is lupita nyong'o nyong'o yeah yes lupita nyong'o does so good like when she first speaks 
as the doppelganger, it's mm-hmm. like she's like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh no! <laughs> like, you're like, it's just like she gets better at speech as it goes, mm-hmm. but it's like like the first time, it's like you literally get the impression she's using like she may have learned speech and is using it for the first time as a communication method. So Get Out was like knocking it the fuck out of the park. Yeah. Surprise left field. What what this, does this, this is follow? A, I mean like a, a solid double. Solid double. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It's Man, a good job, 6.9 George. on IMDb mm-hmm. and a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So, so critics liked it more than people. Yeah. yeah. No, 90, no, people liked it more than critics, no? Rotten Tomato is aggregate, no? Depends. Is Metacritic, Metacritic is lower than Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Metacritic. Which means critics liked it less than people. But IMDb is only voters, and they oh. gave it a 69. Oh, I was wondering what Metacritic did, because it aggregated Would you really call it voters and not bots and members? Who knows, boop, or what else? Boop, boop, boop. Okay, so the yeah. movie does this thing, though, unfortunately, where it kind of... The kills are good, the, the spookiness is good, the interaction with the, uh, the the body doubles is really good. There's, like, the girl that plays Peggy Olsen in Mad Men. Mm, yeah. It's really fun. Like, like At one point, like, her body double gets the better of her, like, mm-hmm. the... Um, it's also kind of funny. The the first family, the initial family shows up and they're like they they spell it out like really because it, there was that interaction I think at the beginning mm-hmm. between the two characters, like between the two doubles. So she's like she wants like revenge and she's like she knows there's a better world basically. Hmm. So she's like I want this will not be fast. But other body doubles don't have that agenda. So like when the other family shows up, they just murder them in like five seconds. We're like, whoa, that's way more. Like they're not screwing. <laughs> they go around. to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One family shows up and they're like, we're gonna screw with you. Then the other family just shows up and murders them in like five seconds. But anyway, so like she got uh, a little bit of plastic surgery done. So she like the body double has this like nasty ass scar. And then when she's like sitting there in the mirror, she like slowly like smiles and like just digs another scar. In. And it basically kind of reveals in the film that there's like these subterranean tunnels underneath America where everyone mm-hmm. has a double, but they do like weird, like mimed versions of whatever you're doing up on top. But why? Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the part in the plot synopsis where I started going, huh? <laughs> So, uh, like, like for instance, like you see, like a bunch of people just like standing there in the hallway, going like, Ugh, like leaning forward or whatever, and then it cuts to them on a roller coaster, right? And whatever, you know. So it's like, like Sarah was asking the question. She's like, "Well, how did they have kids?" And I was like, "Well, if the guy and the girl had sex, then they had sex Probably down there, top and whatever." And then like they point out, she's like, "Oh, you needed a C-section. I had to carve the baby out of me." Because I guess like medical facilities down there are not like. Okie dokie. Yeah, you're like, oh no. Uh-huh. The cool. the loosest explanation that the film gives is that at some point in time, like, it's, I guess they or God or somewhat just gave us all doubles, but then couldn't split the soul. So they're just like, they're soulless husks of peop- of us down Neato. underneath. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, as it's it, it sort of like alluded to that it was like kind of like meant to be like a contingency so they could make the bodies and like make even kind of like split the brain and share the brain. They're like everything that you experience, I like. Like I said, they go through the same motions, right. kind of besides quantum them. style. Yeah, huh? Besides themselves, but yeah, but then, very interesting, Mister Peel. Yeah, a little bit. It sounds a little like a Twilight Zone episode. That's like could it, you could have compressed it a little bit and maybe could have compressed it a little bit. And but it's also like when you kind of put that out, they also make a really big like. I think, like, horror movie mistake, mm-hmm. which is that, like, the entire third act happens in, like, the day. 
Mm. <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I'm not so scared anymore. And like, they also, there's, there's like a thing that because Hands Across America or whatever was going on in when the girl went down into the tunnels, uh, the, all the doubles after they do their murder of after they murder their counterpoint, mm-hmm. they then like link hands and are doing like a Hands Across America thing. Can Which I feel that there's maybe something Jordan Peele's trying to like get me to put together that I could not. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really know. And then I mean I don't know. Do you want me to the the twist? If you like, the twist was super evident. The twist is the twist is super super evident. Okay, and give like, it. Um, so the girl comes out of the thing and she's like kind of taught again. She can't speak and whatever else. Yeah. And like I just I was like watching the movie and I was like oh they did switch. And so the girl got had to live down in that hell planet and grow up. So that's why. It's all messed up. So the, she's already the the doppelganger is the one that actually got married and had kids. Right, 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 right. You know, and which then is kind of like it's fun because it gives you something to think about. Because I think it, like I think that's the point where the point of the movie comes out about like a nature versus nurture situation. Because like she turned mm. into a loving mother, and the other one turned into a crazy. It's still monster. kind of like a little bit of a sadistic streak. Like so when she, like this is full spoiler territory. Sure. So when she the here the one with the family. The, let's call them surface girl. Yeah. When the surface girl like chokes and kills the underground version of herself, mm-hmm. you see like a hint of her like she's like laughing and like going nuts as she like breaks her neck and then is like, <sighs> like yeah. whatever you know. But like other than that, you don't see her like lean into the supposedly like soullessness, soulless, unevil, like evil, unequivocally evil and soulless thing right like she apparently you know connected with the person well enough to do that cares for her children like is trying to rescue right, her children right, right. all this time whereas the mother underneath like doesn't like her her has no love for her children like the kids faces like badly burn and like they're just killing machines so, so what's the message so uh, like i guess i think i kind of think that the message was sort of like a, a nature nurture kind of situation and that like i mean i feel that like jordan peele's very into i think putting the message in where it's like people are kind of the, the overarching message is that people are, you know, victims of their surroundings and upbringings in lots of ways. And if you want to put that into, like, class mm. situation, you know, like, growing up in poverty and whatever sure. else, you're going to sure. kind of, like, in, growing up in, like, a poor, violent environment, you will have a chance of, you know, turning out being poor and violent. And it wasn't about, oh, we don't have souls or we're less than. It's really just about the situation mm. that you grew up in. So, so think, you're not a fan of horror movies. Do you recommend this movie to the person? Um... I would recommend Get Out over, over this. Over this, like in a it, like Get Out, I think like the message is clearer and the execution is better. Yep. Uh, like I said, this is still definitely in that vein of like a horror movie with something to say, which I like really appreciate. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it doesn't. It, like I said, it doesn't necessarily stick the landing super well because, like as Scott was saying, even just reading the synopsis, he was like, "What now?" And and they were they were telling me in the synopsis <laughs> what the story was. Yeah, he's like, well, "What's going on?" Uh, but yeah, I think we're kind of end up in that same area that we're in right now. Uh, that high? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's, and again, this is like for me as a horror fan. I don't know if, if you really want to watch it and check it out. I'm it. sure I'm going to see it at some point. I mean, it's it's one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. It's so like, like if we're looking at horror movies, number forty five is it, the twenty seventeen. Yeah, version. like it's better than it, right? Because again, it has a it it has that thing of like. It gets that bump of, like, there's kind of a point. <laughs> number 32 is John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. And that's not really horror. Like I said, and I would put it below resolution. I'd put it below Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I mean, but the, I think we're in the right zone. Okay. Yeah, like, Heathers. Better, better Than Annihilation. I would say 
below Heathers. Would it go above in Bruges? Mm, I would say I haven't seen Far From Home, but uh, really, you fucking loved Home. Isn't it on uh, Netflix right now? No, there's a lot of no, things. I'm pretty to watch. sure. No, not yet. Um, I would say below Homecoming in Bruges, is, but right below in Bruges and oh. above Spider-Man. Yeah, far got from it. Home. I think that's the that is the right right kind of spot. Because yeah, cause I, did, I mean, and whatever. That's not so much higher. Like I put like Get Out and Hereditary are only like what like ten fifteen above, mm-hmm. and those are both better than it but it's still like right. very very good and uh like i said would woods recommend but if you're and it's not overly spooky or overly gory and violent either like so like it's like there's like it's a lot of like jump scares but mm-hmm. it's like there's like it's people like it's just people doing people violence a liked it cool also i watched the first episode of the watchman show yeah, how was that? I was so skeptical, man. I am so skeptical, and it's so good. Really, <laughs> it's so good. I was like, I was ready. I was fully on board. I was like, this is gonna be dumb. Sarah was like, I don't want to watch it, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, let's give it one. And then there was like, Sarah was sitting there at a certain point, about halfway through the first hour, and she was like, I want to watch the second episode immediately, and I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, like it's so good and it's so weird like it doesn't it's a prequel right no, no it's, a sequel. it's a sequel it is 2019 <laughs> okay presuming that the events of the watchman happened in the early 80s Whoa. just like as they did, did. as they yeah. did and uh, there is a president like so first of all one thing that's amazing and as long time listeners of the show will know that i love is they they show they don't tell about the state of the world right which is like probably like my favorite storytelling in the world like you're just kind of like you're trying to like someone says like they're like oh is it like a, a red frication and i was like what the hell is it? like no one has said this word before but it like inspires rage and like there's like undertones of racism and there's a reaction to that word and you don't even put it together when there's an, a scene explaining the violence but then you put it together that at least the president for the last 30 years is named redford so you know <laughs> that at a certain point this president did something of some kind of reparation and they call it a red frigation. Huh. And that obviously some white supremacists dislike it. But it's like, you know, like you're like, you, you get so much information. Like someone says it and you're like, what? Right. <laughs> and then you have to like piece it together. And I'm still like not all the way together on necessarily the implication of it. So, and it fully kind of seems to be, again, like the future of the world of Watchmen. So um, what, I, what I've, put to, I've put together, I think a lot of it in my mind as a reader of the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, like white supremacists have like taken up the Rorschach mask. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you recall, Rorschach sent the like basically uncovering all of the conspiracy theories of the world to all the presses of the world in the 80s. Yeah. So if you can imagine the like the fallout of like public trust from that. So mm-hmm. you can definitely see him like being co-opted by the worst people. Like any anybody sure. anti-authority could definitely would co-op his mantle. Like because, you know, they don't poor, necessarily... poor Peppy the Frog. Yeah, basically, like you know, like and and it's and it's doubly good because if you read The Watchmen, you're like you're like, oh man, Rorschach would not be down for this, <laughs> you know. But like, but you could see how, like, the biggest whistleblower in history, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. would get that like thing. Is um, uh, Captain Doctor Manhattan around? Uh, he's so on Mars. He's on Mars, and there's like there's only like during one news report or whatever, there's like Mars rover photo of like him like looking at a castle and then raising his hands in the castle, just like disintegrating, and him just kind of walking around. And, like, and that's people's like they're like, yeah, yeah man, that's what he does. Know, man, like Doctor Manhattan is just up there on Mars, just 
doing whatever. Uh, there's also um, trans-dimensional events. Uh-huh. Like uh, weird baby squids just rain down from the sky. Oh, so it's the it's the, it's from the comic book ending, not from well, the... but slash the, also the the massive energy dispersal from the movie. Like I think that they oh. kind of because remember like they, they, there was still the Manhattan event in the end of the movie. That's true. It just wasn't an alien. Event it, too. it wasn't a giant alien teleported into the middle. A genetically engineered monster. Right, but you like could. Argue, but I'm just saying, and I don't know if it's on purpose, but I'm like, but you could also the discharge of the Manhattan energies and whatever the could first have one been. could have ripped apart reality yeah. a little bit and they're like yeah because they're like there's been and everybody just lives with it like there's like a weird little like, siren or whatever and everyone's like whoop and you're like gotta like take cover or whatever and some, <laughs> something screwed up happens because that's amazing because there's trans-dimensional events uh furthermore like society seems to have gotten to a point where the the anti-authority like rhetoric is so strong so the cops all wear masks like on mandate have like yellow masks over their faces but then also have to like record everything and like do you consent to being recorded and need to like call in to dispatch to get their guns like unlocked like it's on lockdown and they have to like hmm. uh, you know like do you assess the situation like danger high like this like, possibly yeah yeah that's to justify it justify yeah. it boop, and then they send the like the code to like unlock the weapon yeah so it's like on the one time they have like their anonymous thing but on the other hand they're more controlled you know like right. so it's like yeah. as i was like i was like this is like when i'm watching it as a person i was like this is such a weird like cop rhetoric you know you're like on the one hand they're more man i want i want that yeah. I, I re- that sounds, sounds great like a good idea yeah it sounds like a great fucking idea and then on top and but and all of the cops essentially have secret identities yeah right <laughs> so yeah. you oh don't even God, know it's, it's amazing yeah and you're like what you're, like, you're, you're so close to judge dread <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so close right but you need to Everything you do has to be videotaped. Yeah, and, exactly. Like you, like you can't get your gun unless you. It yeah. does sound like a great idea, except I've also seen a lot of sports where they go to video review and still don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and then then there and then there seems to be the like hero ass characters who work with the cops, but then like don't have those restrictions. Yeah, like vigilantes. Like yeah, but work with the cops like tightly with the cops like on official business. Like Batman. Yeah, I guess, but like even. Also, there's like this one character who's only in the movie for like five seconds, but he seems to be the like the the, the pencil pusher of the cops, and his name is Panda, and he's like a big kind of heavyset dude with a panda mask. <laughs> and I was like, man, if if my job makes me like wear a mask, why not? Panda. <laughs> like, so yeah. I was talking to um, TJ at Mark's wedding, where mm-hmm. we like sit it across from each other, and we got on the subject of the. the boys. The boys. And he uh, was not at all happy with the boys. Yeah. Let me say. So did you read the comics at all? I did not read the comics at all. I I would really like to because the the show basically knocked it out of the park for me. I went mm-hmm. I went into it expecting to hate it and uh show it was so fucking it was so good. I really want you Man, to read the comics. Captain what's his face? The 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 main guy. Homelander. Homelander. Oh yeah, my yeah. god. What <laughs> he is so fuck I can do whatever I want. <laughs> the best. Yeah. Yeah. TJ's like very opinionated. Very opinionated and I think he holds the source material in a regard that I do not. Yeah. Like I'm a fan of the source material yeah. and I'm a fan of Garth Ennis in general, but I'm like I know that he's heavy-handed in Nonsense Town. Like, mm-hmm. and... Garth Ennis? You don't no. say. So, like, like TJ is, like, upset for He instance. was Transmet, right? Transmet. No, 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 That's, no. that's um, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis. That's Warren Ellis. Yeah. That's which, a whole different... And yeah, I, I would say, like, more respectable. Like... Well, I read his book, and there's he introduces the concept of Godzilla Bukaki in his book, so... Yeah, there's also uh, people that, like, inject saline in their balls and make their balls, like, big, like, basketballs. But whatever. Yeah. You know... All together at a party. Yeah. And when the detective comes by, don't to... Google that because it is a thing. <laughs> I've already seen it. 
it's just it's just when the hard boiled detective comes by to, to grill them, they're like, "We will give you the information if you join us for the night." <laughs> oh no! But yeah, I would. John, I would I'm going to lend you Crooked Little Vein. You got to read. But would you uh-huh. put like I would put Warren Ellis as a slightly more respectable? Absolutely, he's way more sci-fi counterculture than Steve Dillon, who is like spectacle splatterhouse. Got mm-hmm. Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Yeah, yeah. Steve Dillon is Steve just Dillon's his, the artist. His, his, uh, the artist with his partner Robinson. in crime. But so you're saying the books are worth reading? The books are worth reading, and I'm really interested given that conversation. Because, like, for instance, TJ took issue with the fact that they, in the show, they immediately jumped to squaring off against the Seven, whereas the, sh- the comic builds to it. But I'm like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, who, give, who cares? And I was like, also, your casual viewer, well, when you wait. look... When you look at the seven, you can see who each person is supposed to be. For sure, for right? Sure. Like those totally. archetypes are archetypes for yeah. multiple yeah. things. And he was like, "Oh, he's like, he's like, whatever." Teen Titans Go, and I was like, "That." I was like, "I can't name." Like, I mean, I can, but I'm like, I don't, can, can you? Can you? How many of the Teen Titans can you name? None. I don't know what the show is. I've never seen it. I can't even it. name them all. I, Raven. I, I can. I, obviously, you can. You a, you a you read more comics than us, and B yeah. you also watch Teen Titans Go with your child. I've never watched yep. a single episode. Well, I mean, order the comics. The Teen or Titans the are. Uh, well, there you go. Fucking there you go. They were a comic before they were. Uh, right. So in the '60s, the Teen Titans were the sidekicks of all the superheroes getting together to, to you know, so break like, out on their own. Robin. So Robin. Boy. Wonder Girl. No. In the, in the 60s, it's okay. Robin, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, and Aqualad, and Aqualad. then Speed. Aqualad. Aqualad. <laughs> yeah. He's the sad version of Aquaman. <laughs> Go with that. Uh, no, then no. Speedy joins in, and uh, in the 80s, they had a big relaunch, okay. which was the new Teen Titans, which was Robin, Robin with Raven. Kid Flash. Robin and Kid Flash. Then they introduced Raven, Starfire, and Cyborg. Yeah, Starfire is the one I could not name, even if I was under duress. Such and a generic superhero name. Starfire. Firestar. Starfire. In uh, their early aughts, they had their own uh, cartoon series, Teen mm-hmm. Titans. I heard good things about that, though. Teen Titans is fun. Yeah. It's it's very anime and splashy. And then it got it ended, and then they introduced uh, Young Justice, which is outstanding. Hmm. And Young Justice got canceled after its second season to introduce Teen Titans you Go, see it, which is but... like... Scott did a like a, a, little a, a muted chef's kiss. Yeah, and he like did outstanding. Man, that. Young like, Justice, Young he Justice raised is great. his fingers to the sky. <laughs> though, Young Justice <laughs> is is like the best thing since the Bruce Tim Paul Dini uh, Justice League <laughs> Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got canceled after its second season for Teen Titans Go, which is basically a Warner Brothers cartoon with the Teen Titans characters, and it's ridiculous and amazing in its own right. But mm-hmm. people were really mad at it mm-hmm. just for existing. Right, but I think it found its niche. Like th- people warmed up to Team Titans. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's very like stupid, really good. Right, right. Like, but with slapsticky. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone, not everyone, despite the success of like the Teen Titans franchise, I was like, maybe Archer good. Maybe the Avengers. Um, even then, I'm like, no, it's still it's Batman, Superman, Aquaman, like the Justice League, the big seven. The Justice League is so, the fast guy, the Flash. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, like it's like you're. I don't think, like, anyone older than, like, most, like, 45, like, you can still look at the seven and I, and at least figure out who they're supposed to be. I don't think there's that's true of any other, like, superhero knockoff group. You know? I'm like, I guess Avengers are getting there with MCU. Yeah, like, I mean, the Avengers, you could probably do the three and get away with like it. Like Hulk, Iron Man, Cap. Hulk, not with Cap, yeah. Thor, and Iron Man. I said Hulk, Iron Man, Cap. No, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. 
But he also Hulk. No, no. You're saying you can't God, do the Hulk no. and be immediately recognizable? He was That's not, He's now. not part of the three. Yeah, but I'm saying but he's the four. <laughs> he quit. <laughs> after. He's not in Avengers number two. He quit right away. I mean, but Thor was not <sighs> in it, was he? Yes, Thor was. Mm-hmm. Thor was right from the start. No, but I said him in the second movie. I thought he was in space. Oh, God. He was in space with the Hulk, no? Yeah, sure. Don't they both miss yeah, the second no, movie? No, it's fine. Don't they, aren't they both not in the he, second movie? The Avengers big three are... Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Yeah. They're, they are the... the Spider-Man. Three. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, least, at least he's an Avenger. <laughs> if you had said Batman, I would have been really mad. Squirrel Girl. Oh, man, Squirrel Girl's kind of cool, but... She's a Great Lakes Avenger. And an Avenger. She's a Great Lakes Avenger. <laughs> Specifically... That's true. The Great Lakes. Because there's other Avengers groups, lesser known... <laughs> <laughs> we talked. I think we talked about Civil War last last episode. That was yeah. another scene in Civil War, where Deadpool's just trying to like round up heroes or like round up superheroes, and he busts into the Great Lakes Avengers hideout and is like, "You're under arrest for registration." They're like, "We're Avengers." He's like, "Don't care." <laughs> and he just tries to, like, and then Squirrel Girl kicks his ass. <laughs> but yeah, he's just trying to like because there's like a bounty on non unregistered yeah, superheroes, yeah. and Deadpool's like, "Time to collect." I know where the superheroes, the Avengers. Squirrel Girl has two. Power sets and they're both outstanding. I don't know the first thing about Squirrel Girl. She's got the power to. I mean, I feel you know you do know the first thing, or actually, you know, you know two things. One, she can communicate with squirrels. Two, she's, she's a, a girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, she's got she's got the powers of a squirrel. Uh-huh. She's got little claws, Are, good speed and jumping, like agility, like and like very... a poofy tail, mm-hmm. big poofy tail. Right on. <laughs> two, her other completely unrelated power set is she's undefeatable. What? <laughs> she cannot lose. Can't lose a fight. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. She she beat Doctor Doom. Uh-huh. <laughs> she she commanded squirrels to attack him, and they all crawled inside his armor, freaked out, and came up. Because he had a bunch of angry squirrels in his armor, biting him and scratching him, and he hated it. Yeah, but goddamn, Watchmen. Super interested in watching the second one. Yep, definitely. <clears throat> and yeah, and also and also not shying away from anything. Like it opens with the Tulsa the Tulsa massacre. You're like, oh no. Hmm. The like, Oklahoma bombing? Huh? The Oklahoma bombing? No, 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 no. The, like the Tulsa race massacre where there was like uh, 1920s. The, the Anyway, a bunch of KKK decided that uh, a bunch mm. of black people didn't deserve to be alive, so they burnt down and bombed the shit out of Tulsa. Was that the black uh, Wall Street? Was that what they were talking Maybe. Hmm. Anyway, it was awful. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but like that, that's like the opening scene of the... Of the show, you're like, whoa, <laughs> and the, the show takes place in Tulsa, so like, and that's the whole kind of. Wait, are you saying this is a superhero show that's not in New York? No, nope, it's not in New York. It's in the deep south, and yeah, and I don't so the and, buy it. and yeah, it's so weird. Like, the, the, uh, just to, to bring back to Watchmen or whatever. So the cop pulls over this guy, and when he's like license registration in the glove box, and he like he reaches out, and the guy sees the Rorschach mask, and that's when he calls in to get his like his gun. Unlocked his gun. Unlocked, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, he says he's like carrying lettuce, and blah 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 blah." But I don't know what's in the back, and he gets it unlocked, and so then the guy comes out with his Rorschach mask on, shoots up the cop, but then throws like lettuce, reaches in the thing, like throws a head of lettuce at him, and I was like, "Man, I was like, just watching that, I was like, I don't know how to feel." Like I'm like, <laughs> "No, but you're you're like, I don't." So wait, he was trying to get his gun free to shoot up a guy, but maybe the guy was just selling lettuce and. 
and but then the guy shot the cop and then but then the cops okay. are bad and they're wearing mad like it was just like it's so it was like well like you're like i really enjoyed that like i don't know how to feel about like did the right side win or did, right. am i supposed to like the co- and, and watchman i find is always like that's i think the thing that i think fascinated me about watchman in general is like the heroes or the people who are presented as heroes you're like are they doing the right thing is like basically the underlying yeah. motif of the entire show is you're like there're these people who have chosen to be heroes but are they doing where anything did, helpful in the show where do the pirates come in mm, there aren't pirates there is a god page- damn it one day it'll be there pirates. is a show called like hero action now or whatever which is like an animated show that seems to be like the fictitious retelling of like the og watchman so like not the <laughs> 80s watchman but like the 60s watchman where they're like the comedian silk specter red hood and like whatever and they're like do 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 and like and just like running like doing stuff and i was like that is not them either like we know that from reading the comics it's like the little watch out for the watchman animation yeah, yeah. i think i've sent around a few times yeah yeah. yeah yeah exactly that's it like it seems a lot like that of like the the uh, the thing. Anyway, I'm very interested in it. Right on. Cool. I'll check it out. Yay. Anything else? We have closing comments, thoughts, concerns? No. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to, uh, to Scott's best movie ever, but it's in no. there. It's in the... Oh, we should do that real quick then. Do you want to? Do you, want, do you really want it? Do you uh, want yeah. Do we it. missed it last week too, so... Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, 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 this okay, is okay. great. This Hang is such on. a good choice, but I have to say, I'm, I'm a, I, I, like this is such an important historical film, mm-hmm. kind of. I feel a little like... Jealous a little? I mean, nothing will stop you from watching. This movie has yeah. an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. First of all. Uh, it's The director is well-known. Yeah, a, a well-known director, not a nobody. Yep. Um, 1972 film. All right. Okay. Um, written and directed by the same director. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to like give you some more in this. Yeah. Yeah, directed, produced, and written by... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's important to True auteur piece. It yeah. had a budget of $10,000 and made an estimated $7 million. All right. That's still not a lot of money, even in 1972 money. <laughs> nope. But I mean, but, but that is a lot of money when you only put $10,000 into making it. It's a nice profit. It's a reason that it's a success, but it's not like it's a, yeah, a yeah. breakout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like movies could make more than $7 million, but $7 million on a on a $10,000 uh, budget. There's just no stars that you possibly oh would have God, heard of. Is this an Ed Wood movie? No, that's way too. It's way Close. too late. But it's in Close. this. It's in a. It's in a spiritual connection. Yeah. To, to, I don't um, know. He's not going to get it from any of this. And we're, trying to think of yeah. maybe some of the something about the actor, the lead. Well, if I say the actor, the oh, hang on. Yeah. So they had they had a bunch of like a music swap. They had music swaps, whatever. So this might be a, like a little bit of a clue, pretending. Uh, like Sixteen Candles was in the original film, and then they had to replace it with Happy Happy Birthday Baby. So they had to per- like there was some music that was used unlicensed that they had right. to swap out. There's a lot of alternate versions, different alternate cuts. It was released differently in most countries. Okay, man. There's no yeah, way. No, I've got no guesses. Yep. It stars um, Divine. No. Oh no? God, we're watching a. Is it Pink Flamingo? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my well gosh! Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Will will you get?" The that name? was that was well done. I don't know if I would have if I would have done that. I would have yeah, been yeah. able to see it in my head. And I know that she's been he's been on like a bunch of covers for yes. these films. So, like, oh, and and multiple other yeah. things too. It was like a yeah. bit of a like Divine was a bit. Well, of Well, John Waters yeah. is a big yeah, yeah. is a big deal. But yeah. but have you seen any John Waters movies? 
No, I, just, I have not. I've seen lots yeah. of John Waters. Not, not yeah. a lot of his movies. Right. Yeah. Um, so this film is uh, notorious for its, and I quote, outrageousness, nudity, profanity, and pursuit of frivolity, scatology, and sensationology. Yeah. You didn't, the word in the middle there was scatology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, a scene where uh, Divine eats a piece of cat shit. Yeah. Some cat shit or dog shit? Dog shit. And, and, like, and, number, and did so. And did it so. features, yeah, yeah exactly. It's not and, a special. And there's like, there's a weird John Waters, like, uh, like John Waters, like, voiceovers. Yeah. And like, like lots of things, and it's just sort of like in that thing, and he's like, the genuine article. If the listener wants a taste of this, there's a, <laughs> hey. a, there's a um, Red Letter Media video where they do a review of this film, and about its like, place in history, and about some of the horrors contained therein. Mm-hmm. It's uh, well worth a little watch. Uh, it features a number of increasingly revolting scenes that center on exhibitionism, voyeurism, Sodomy, masturbation, gluttony, vomiting, rape, incest, murder, cannibalism, castration, mm-hmm. foot fetishism, and includes and concludes to the accompaniment of the song How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? I like the way that they just jam foot fetishism in there at the end. Mm-hmm. Like right after castration and rape. And cannibalism. And incest. Rape. And, uh, yeah, exactly. You think that they're on like a on a on a like on an upwards curve, right? Which they are. <laughs> you're like you're like exhibitionism, okay, whatever. Voyeurism, sodomy, masturbation, gluttony, and then you're like vomiting, oh no, rape, uh, incest, no, murder, uh, cannibalism, castration, foot fetish. Yeah. <laughs> it really pulls it back there at the Right end. back yeah. to eating dog shit. <laughs> to, <laughs> accompanied by how much is that doggy in the window? With Divine's consumption of dog feces, coprophagia, the real thing, I missed the quote, the real thing, the narrator Waters assures us. Yep. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But How yeah. long is this movie? It's short. That's what I... Well, short. It's like a... Oh, the 1997 re-release is 107 minutes. But the running time is 92 minutes. Is the, 92 the, minutes. The, an hour and a half. It's an intense... Movie. I mean, I haven't seen a whole bunch of clips of this just yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it's an, it's going to be an intense 90 minutes. The, like the John Waters screaming monologue... Is, yeah. is a kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Going to get exposed. Do you want to watch I think the trailer? Like, you know this well enough. I know, I know this well enough. I don't yes. need to, I'm not looking forward to this yep. outside of the checking it off on my list of, of movies that I have seen. I yep. think that's worth it for that. I'm, I'm a little excited but, for you. But yeah. yeah, that's why I was like, I really was trying to come up with like gross up movie for Scott, but then also like something that is like largely considered like a classic thing. So like not just like it's digging. It's like a, you don't get a lot of gross out movies. What? Later, I, and you definitely don't get like stunt movies. Yeah, you like, don't get jackass mm-hmm. with those John Waters. Like, yeah. I've always, yeah. I've like felt that in a big way. Like you just, that was... yeah, like you don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. As, as they even like have the nod, like they've had Waters. He was on, on yeah. the sketch yeah. or whatever, yeah. where he was just sort of like, "Want to see my magic trick?" And then there's just <laughs> it makes Wee Man disappear. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Poof, and just like the lady just jumps on. Up. Yeah, exactly. Like Johnny Knoxville watching John Waters equals jackass. Like kind of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm excited for you, Scott. I mean, thanks. I'm probably going to not snack while I'm watching this How many movie. sittings do you think it's going to take you? Like, I don't know. Do you think you could, two. two. I think it's going to take two. I think there's going to be a part where I'm going to need to pause it and go to the bathroom and then probably <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> Definitely. Like, listen, we have to get this movie in now before, like, Archer starts staying up too late. It's true. Because <laughs> you're like, there's a whole period of time where just... <laughs> Daddy, what are you watching? It's not like wrestling or like quickly close. Like if he sees anything, it's, it's not his... porn. It's, it's so much worse. Yeah, exactly. Like it would genuinely you watching hardcore pornography <laughs> would be like Daddy's watching like men and women making love is like an easier explanation than anything you're gonna see. Men and women? 
I'm in, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> exactly. I think an easier mm-hmm. it'd be an easier sell to your child to porn than to, I think anything that goes on in Pink Flamingos. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy. Great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us. John? If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.